Well, good morning. morning. Shoot, y'all are doing really well. I I promised Ethan that I would uh, open up with this, Um, so I'm going to. Is it nervous in here or is it just me? Uh, I got up here whenever I first came here and uh, I I stood behind the pulpit and uh, I did that and uh, he said that you need to do that on your first message that you preach, so I had to make sure I did that. Um, But first, I just want to say thank you uh, for being here today uh, again, and and I want to thank Ethan for allowing me to have the opportunity to uh, speak today. Um, I have my wife ready to tell me if I get too fast, so she's going to slow me down a little bit sometimes, Uh, but I'm really excited. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles with you, Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 67. Um, The main point of today's message is that God's mercy, God's mercy gives way to salvation. God's mercy gives way to salvation. Now, I want to set this up a little bit. Um, I had a great and wonderful opportunity to go on a date with my wonderful wife. Uh, this is a couple of weeks ago, and I said, hey, sweetheart. I said, you and I haven't been out in a while. I said, we have an extra 20 bucks. Why don't we go see a movie? I was really, really excited. I, I, was, I was so excited we were going to get to see an action-packed movie, uh, you know, something that just, you know, raises the bar and just makes you so excited. I said, sweetheart, I said, what is the movie that you want to see? And she said, Frozen 2. She had just saw it the day before, so I thought I had dodged a bullet, but unfortunately, uh, or I I guess gratefully, we got to go see it. So what I learned from Frozen 2 was actually pretty cool. Olaf is the best. But there are two girls in in Frozen 2. One is Anna and one is Elsa, and they're both sisters. And their parents had passed away uh, back a few years ago, and there were some weird things happening in the land. And it comes to find out that the land that all this weird stuff was happening was called Northuldra. Now, in this, the reason why Northuldra was the way that it was, was because there was sin that had happened in the land. There was two people battling, and they killed each other, and the land was angry at them, and it it brought a great, this huge darkness... This huge amount of fog that surrounds everybody, getting, getting rid of all sunshine, all light that there ever was. Never allowing the sun to come through. People were living in darkness with no hope of tomorrow. Trapped in their sin, they needed a Savior. Let's read in God's Word, Luke chapter 1, verse 67. It says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet 
and to the way of peace. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for bringing us here today. God, I ask you please to speak to our hearts. Transform us to be more like you. Lead, guide, and direct the service for your glory. In your name I pray. Amen. So I think it's pretty fitting that we have a train car back here. Because today we're on a destination. Okay? Now, what this destination is, is what we know to be certain. We know this in verses 67 through 75. That's going to be the first part that we look in. Now, the second part that we're going to see is how we're going to get there. And that's going to be in verses 76 through 79. It's how to get to that destination. So this is in two different parts. Now, a little bit of background information is it had been 400 years, four centuries since people had heard from God. 400 years. They were wondering where God had gone. They were wondering where he might be. They lost all hope. They were living in darkness. Darkness had encapsulated all the people. And then all of a sudden, a flicker. An angel of God, Gabriel, gave a flicker of light to Zechariah when he said that John, that his son, would be born in his old age. Gabriel told Mary that she would give birth to Jesus. Earlier in the chapter, the song of Mary and her cousin Elizabeth called Mary's Magnificat. We looked at that last week with Ethan. And finally, the birth of John the Baptist. We're seeing a flicker of light that was in this darkness. We see a flicker of life that had encapsulated everybody. They finally see hope. Now remember the main point of our message today is that God's mercy gives way to salvation. Don't forget that. Last week, Ethan talked about a fulfillment of the promises of God. He said that he was going to touch on it a little bit, and then he kind of threw me there and said that I'd be talking about it some more this week. And it's true. We're going to see the fulfillment of the promises of God. Zechariah had denied the possibility of having a son even after Gabriel the angel had told him that he was going to, leaving Zechariah deaf and mute. So up to this point, Zechariah was not able to speak and he was not able to hear. And then he submitted to God and, and, and through his faithfulness, he was not deaf anymore and he could speak. And he starts singing this song. It's called a Benedictus. That's Latin for blessing. It starts out by saying this is blessing. That's why it's called a Benedictus. It's giving praise to God. Verse 67, it says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is, this is significant because the Holy Spirit is giving Zechariah his words here. What he's singing is coming from the Holy Spirit. Notice that all the verbs are in past tense, which means that Zechariah is basically standing in the future looking back behind him. That's what a prophecy is. It says that it gives him a prophecy. He prophesied. He's able to see these things. Verse 68, it says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. The first thing that we see here is that God came as Jesus to save his people. God came as Jesus to save his people. The definition of redeemed by Google is to compensate for the faults of bad or bad aspects of something. 
And I hate to say this, but that would be to compensate for our faults and inadequacy. It's where we fail God. It's where we sin. So God had to come and rescue his people. The problem is, is it, it took a life to save a life. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of grace. God came as Jesus to save his people. The second thing we see is that Jesus was the mighty Savior that came through the house of David. Verse 69, it says, It has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now, some of y'all know me better than others. Some of y'all still call me Casey Jones. I, I'm actually Casey Fender. But I recently got married. I've been married for five and a half months, almost six months, to my lovely better half, Megan. And I have the privilege to being invited to her family's Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day. Now, I don't know if some of y'all remember being married for the first time, but you kind of get thrown into a new family and their traditions, right? Well, on Thanksgiving Day, I went over to Megan's parents' house, my, my in-law's house, and their tradition is to watch sports. There's a lot of football games and things like that happening. Well, in between those games, there, there was just nothing to watch. So we decided that we would watch professional bull riding. I don't know if many of y'all have watched professional bull riding, but I didn't understand it. I was kind of lost. But as I was watching that, I noticed something. I noticed that the bull had mighty horns. Horns that, that, that are sharp and that would hurt. And I noticed that the people who were riding the bulls, a lot of them had helmets on. All of them had chaps on. All of them had all this safety gear. And there was even funny looking clowns running around. I thought I'd be good at that job. But all this was happening. And I was wondering why. Why are they so scared of those horns? And the reason why is because they saw the strength of the horns. The horns are so strong that it could hurt them. They saw the power of those horns. They saw the beauty in those horns. They saw how mighty those horns are. And that the people were so in awe of the horns that they didn't want to be impelled by them, that they respected them. See, in the Old Testament, horns are used as a signature of all of these things. In Psalm 132, 17, it says, There I will make a horn to sprout from David, a horn to sprout from David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. This is a promise to David. And as we see in verse 69, that promise was fulfilled through Christ. Christ is the horn of David. He comes as the horn of salvation from David. And he has, uh, it says that Christ is, is the horn of salvation for us. This is showing some, some pretty important things. One, it shows the strength of Christ. It shows the power of Christ. It shows the mightiness of Christ. It shows that we should respect Christ. To be in awe of Christ and to see the absolute beauty in Christ. Christ is raised up to deliver and rule over God's people to fulfill the Davidic covenant that was promised by God. Zechariah goes a little further back 
verses 70 through 71. It says, As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Jesus was the Messiah prophesied about. The prophecies of the Old Testament. This is Jesus. Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The prophecy of salvation to come through the fall of man. Salvation over our enemies. What are these enemies? They're the enemies of sin, the enemies of death, and the enemies of condemnation. And those who hate us. What mercy What grace, what love. Verses 72 through 73. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of mercy and the covenant of faith between Abraham and God. We know this because of Genesis 22, 15 through 18, and I'm not going to quote that, but if you're taking notes, that's the scripture. In the passage, God not only promised Abraham that he would receive the mercy of God, but also that he would receive the covenant of faith through the promised seed, which was Christ. Now the covenant of faith is offered to all men. But why would God do this? Why? There's two reasons. Verse 74. That we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. The first reason is that so so all can serve God without fear. So we can serve God without fear. Well, Well, what fear? The fear of pain. The fear of agony. The fear of the coming judgment of hell. So we can worship God and know for sure that we are going to have a resting place in heaven. That whenever we have pains, whenever we have sorrows, whenever, whenever we're left sick, that we have something more to look forward to. At the point that we're focused here on this earth and the things of this earth and, and what we can gain by this earth, then, then literally we gain nothing. This earth comes and goes. The only thing we know for sure is that we are going to die. Unless... You have that promise from God and you rest in the promise of Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you have heaven to look forward to. God wants his creation to know the meaning and the purpose of life. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 15. Excuse me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. That through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. To fear death is slavery. But Christ came to set us free. So we don't have to fear. That's the first reason. The second reason is so we can live righteously and serve God forever. So we can live righteously And serve the Lord our God forever. We see this in verse 75. It says, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Titus 3, 
verses 4 through 7, it says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured it on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I'm going to give you one more scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. It says, And to put on, to put on a new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. God is calling us to do away with the old. Just as I showed in the children's message with that box, to dump that out, to dump those sins away and to be made new. God is calling for us to be brand new, to put on a new self, to live in righteousness. This is what we have to look forward to. But now how do we get there? Verse 76, it says, In you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. This child is John the Baptist. The prophet of the Most High is a title for God, showing deity and the incarnation of God in Christ. John is sent by God himself to prepare the way of the Lord, verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sin. John is to proclaim the salvation of, sin, uh, through, of, of sins. Salvation comes by the forgiveness of sins. Getting rid of works-based works religion. Instead of being a Christian, being a Christ follower. Salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone. John was to call people to, to this through, guess what? Repentance. John says, repent of your sins. Repent of who you are and put on a brand new self. Realize how mighty and great that Christ is and what he has done for you, coming in awe of him. Verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, salvation comes only because the mercy of God. Why is this important? The reason why this is important is because none of you deserve salvation. And I say that obviously nervously because it's not something everyone wants to hear. You don't deserve salvation. What's this youth director doing up here? I'm telling you that scripture says that we don't deserve it, but by the mighty works and the merciness of God, which is, which is love in action, we can have this salvation. Because of what Christ did for us, we can have this salvation. Because of that mercy. The definition of mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Now some of you aren't believing me right now. Okay, well Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You say, oh, yes, they did. All those other people are. And you're looking around and you're thinking of somebody in your mind who you don't like. Somebody in your mind who you think is a huge sinner. And yes, I agree. I, I am subject to this as well. And the reason why, because when it says for all, I have to look in the mirror at myself. 
and say that I'm not worthy of God's mercy, but because of his mercy, I have a new day to look forward to. The King James Version, he calls this a day spring. And not the, not the card company. No, no, it's the springing of a brand new day. What happens whenever day starts? Sunrise. Kent Hughes, he said, He is the fulfillment of Malachi 4.2. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Jesus is the morning star who rises in our hearts, which is from 2 Peter 1.19. He is the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star from Revelation 22.16. Folks, I know I got a little passionate. And the reason why is because we're in the climax of this, of this scripture here. We're in the climax of this message, and it's so exciting. Now, before, when I first started my message, I said, is it nervous in here or is it just me? And yes, that, that was an icebreaker. And it was a cute thing to say. But I'll be honest with you all, I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous standing up here because of what God has called me into. Because I know that there is a couple in here right now who is on the brink of divorce. I know that there is someone in here whose life is so terrible that they don't want to go on anymore. I know there's someone in here who's struggling with depression. I know there's someone in here who feels like life is so bad. I know there's someone in here living in so much darkness that they don't know what they're going to do. And God called me. I know there's someone in here with pain, with loss, with grief, with longing. That's why we enter into this time of Advent. But I can tell you that in your life, friend, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the darkness is in your life, that there is a day spring and we call his name Jesus Christ. He came to give us a new day to defeat the darkness that we don't have to live in anymore. That we can rest in the promises of of God that, that we know are fulfilled. Back to my wonderful movie adventure with my wife in Frozen 2. At the very end, Northaldra, okay, they find freedom because the wrong is made right through sacrifice. The wrong is made right and the fog is lifted and it's a new day. And the people have been so long in darkness that whenever they see this light, they're in awe. They are so excited because it's a brand new Day, it's a day spring. Verses 78 through 79. It says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus was being sent through the tender mercy of God. Jesus was being sent through the tender mercy of God. Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Jesus was being sent through the tender mercy of God to give light to those who sit in darkness. John 8, 12, it says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus was being sent through the tender mercy of God to give light to those who sit in darkness, to those who are in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. John 14, 27. 
It says, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus was being sent through the tender mercy of God to give light to those who sit in darkness, to those who are in the shadow of death, to guide their feet in the way of mercy. Because of God's mercy, we can experience salvation. Now, my call today to the believer. If you are in a place in your life where you don't know what to do. When darkness is all over you. And it feels like you're trapped in the ocean with no life preserve and no one to help you. When it's like that fog in Northaldra and you can't seem to find the peace and the light that you need. This is the promise of God that we have that light. It takes resting in his comfort and in his promises that it is going to be okay. Today, as, as the music will start playing, I want everyone to meditate who, who may be going through a tough time. That light is promised to you and to the unbeliever. Maybe you're in a place in your life where, where you don't have peace. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where you're, you're in darkness and you don't feel like there's any hope left. You don't feel like your life is, is worth anything. I can tell you that through the seed of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross for your sins to give you a brand new day. We are all to be in a day spring. And as we meditate and as we sing to the Lord, I ask you to remember this day spring that he has called and given to each and every single one of us.